Well, good afternoon. Welcome, everybody, to the Ag Market Network monthly Cotton Market Roundtable teleconference. I'm Pat McClatchy. Our program is sponsored by BASF. BASF are the owners of FiberMax and Stoneville Cottonseed. They they have been sponsoring us for some time, and we're very appreciative for everything they do to bring this information to you. So we thank them for that. Uh, Today's program is being led by Gerald Nieper, and he'll be joined uh, by our panel made up of Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Dr. John Robinson, and Kip Butts. Gerald, thanks for leading us today in our discussion. Well, thank you, Pat. Uh, somehow I got lucky today, and uh, the report was, and I hate to use the term, but I'm going to use it anyway, it was almost a nothing burger. Uh, very few changes around the world, but there were some significant, you know, you know, on a global basis it didn't look so big, but, uh, you know, individually there were some big changes. You know, China, they raised the crop a million bales. Australia, 500,000. They reduced India crop by a hundred by a million bales, which may end up. I think they they may have to reverse themselves a little later down the road. But uh, on that one, in Uzbekistan, they raised the crop by two hundred thousand. In fact, they increased Uzbek Uzbek crop two hundred thousand bales for last year and this year. On the consumption side, uh, you had a, a, a large decrease in China uh, in the twenty one crop year, one point two five million. Uh, they did nothing with the consumption for this year. Then you had Bangladesh was down 100, Indonesia down 100, Pakistan down 200, and Turkey down 300. You know, Pakistan and, and Turkey are very understandable. You've got the earthquake uh, uh, situation over there in the, in the eastern textile mill sector, and uh, you know accounts for about 80% of uh, Turkish spinning capacity over there, and and it just you just don't know how long they're going to be down. Um, you know, I've heard that uh, uh, regardless, even if a mill can get up and running, it didn't get damaged too much. It's hard to get workers in those mills because the worker bee houses are, are destroyed or, or gone. So it's going to be a while before they get things back up and running. You know, I suppose the good news is the mills in the east or in the west over in and around Istanbul they're running at probably they're running at 100% capacity because they're taking up some of that slack from those eastern mills. Um, but still, there's going to be a drop in consumption in, in Turkey while they straighten all this stuff out. Um, you know, bottom line, world production was raised 700,000 bales. World consumption was taken down 555,000 bales. Uh, World-ending stocks were raised 2.1 million bales. Primarily because of a uh, about a 900,000 bale increase in beginning stocks, due primarily to that decrease in Chinese product consumption last year of 1.250 million bales. Um, the uh, you know versus a year ago, you know uh, ending stocks. Well, we've got ending stocks at 91.145 million bales. That's up two million bales from from last. Uh, from the last estimate, 2.1 million bales from the last estimate. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for China, you would have had, had hardly any increase at all in, in, in world-ending stocks. Without China, uh, you know, Chinese-ending uh, stocks went up uh, um, only 800, well, 
No, you had 2.1 million barrel increase in world ending stocks versus the previous estimate. Uh, China accounted for 2 million bales of that 2.1 million. So you take China out of the equation, the rest of the world barely increased versus, uh, versus the previous month. Now, we are up 5 million bales versus uh, last month or versus last year. But, uh, you know, you've got five countries, China, Brazil, India, Turkey, and the U.S., accounting for uh, almost 6 million of that. So if you take those five countries out of it, ending stocks are, are down in the rest of the world. And maybe that's why the, the market didn't really do anything. I mean, the market fell a little bit. Uh, we've been stuck in a pretty tight trading range prior to the report coming out. And it only and once the report came out, it only cost the market about 30 or 40 points, despite, you know, what, what on, at first glance would look like a fairly negative number with a, with a 2 million bell increase in world-ending socks. I just don't think that there's a lot out there right now to get people either bullish or bearish. Um, You know, surprisingly, after yesterday's meltdown, which I think contributed to our our market, uh, the meltdown in the stock market, which I think contributed to our meltdown yesterday or our drop in prices yesterday, uh, I wouldn't really call it a meltdown, you know, the stock market hasn't done much today, so it, our market didn't do, do too much today. You know, volume was, was fairly decent at almost 30,000 contracts, but, uh, you know, I, I understand there's a lot of uh, mill fixations going on in this, uh, really in the 81 to 83 cent area, and there is buying interest once you get down here close to 82 cents, although I think Big volume buying probably won't happen unless we can some unless we get back down below 80 cents. But uh, you never know on that. Um, I don't uh, really have a whole lot more than that unless if, if anybody has any questions. Like I said, it just there just wasn't a lot to, to sink your teeth into in, in this uh, in this report. Um, before we came on air, OA made a commentary that I, I thought was a good comment, you know, that world ending world trade was reduced by uh, uh, 800,000 bales, and yet they left U.S. exports unchanged at, at 12 million. Um, I think that has more to do with the fact that, you know, uh, export sales commitments are pretty decent. I, th- I don't think we really have to sell that much more cotton to – to get our shipments up to 12 million bales, we're a little bit behind on the shipment number, but uh, you know, not drastically so. Um, but uh, you know, you certainly could make an argument that uh, you know, for us to uh, increase our share of world trade from from just under 30% to just over 30%, you know, it begs a couple of questions out there in terms of. Uh, uh, Particularly when you look at the Brazilian crop and and the larger Australian crop, they're going to come on like gangbusters and and really uh, compete with us as we move forward from from this point forward. So that would be about it, Pat. Again, uh, questions or or comments? Yeah, let's open it up for anybody that would like to comment. Well, I appreciate that summary. Um, the, The biggest the change that caught my eye was not the change. There wasn't any change in the U.S. Uh, numbers 
but it was the most recent classing and Jennings number. We've got a Jennings report today dated March 1st and the classing number as of March the 3rd, both of which would show that the what's being clad, the bales that are out there are catching up with USDA's, what USDA's been holding to as the production estimate, 14.68 since January. Um, that number... <laughs> Where the the others are rising up to meet that number, and not and not what I thought was going to happen that they'd cut three or four hundred thousand when they eventually squared production classing and ginning. So one less reason, I guess, to expect an old crop rally to bust us a supply side old crop rally to bust us out of this uh, range that we're still in. Yeah, John. Away. Uh, it. it I, I almost used the word refreshing, so I, I guess I'll have to go with it. I think you had used it earlier in emails. Not that word, but give uh, NAS, give USDA credit for a touchdown in getting this crop uh, pegged earlier in January at fourteen point six eight or what, whatever. But, and as we talked about it, it looks like it's going to come out to be maybe 15, 15 and a half million bales. So, yeah, uh, as much as we fussed about it earlier, it looks like they're going to be once again right. Uh, and, and yes, I fussed a lot about the data, and I still I, – it's, it's problematic to me to see Brazilian stocks increase and Australian stocks increase and the U.S. be able to increase its share of the export market. And that's what USDA has to do in order to keep the exports at uh, 12 million bales. Uh, and, but, and maybe 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 we get that, but it's just difficult because they're not going to store cotton like we do. And, uh, Gerald, I don't have the numbers in front of me, John, I, it, but it, what Brazil has something like 14 million bales in storage with this, these new estimates, something like that. And that's just a huge supply and both uh, Brazil and 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 Australia uh the increase in store in in stocks in storage from last year is fairly significant uh, China has opened up its doors to Australia again and i think that takes some of the cotton that 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 we were going to send there some of that share uh, I do think we continue to sell uh, send send cotton to China pretty pretty well. USDA has the uh, what the export report coming out tomorrow, and it's making me think it finally shipments may be up to where they need to be uh, with USDA not lowering exports any. But uh, yes, I, I just Gerald and I, I'm splitting hairs with Gerald. I think we are considerably behind as as opposed to not drastically behind i think we're considerably behind in export shipments and it's sales not important shipments that are important and uh, we've got to average uh, something like 260,000 bales a week in shipments maybe or maybe just a little bit larger than that and we hadn't had but one week that even touched 200,000 granted we're moving into a busy season for shipments i'll shut up now I'm I'm just not positive this market doing a whole lot. Thank you. All right, Kip, have you got any thoughts? Well, I uh, first I want to say thanks to Gerald. I thought that was a great recap of the, of the report this morning. And in as much as as you said, there wasn't a whole lot to deal with. I'm quite honestly, but uh, 
and, and kudos to NAS for far, uh, also for sticking to their guns. Uh, and, and they, as, as uh, OA said, we sometimes like to complain, but at the end of the day, they typically do a pretty good job. Uh, the thing I've been very much impressed with is that the market's been able to hold this uh, this level. I really thought we were going to move under 80 cents uh, uh, from the last report, and, and it didn't. And I think that's just a testament to, to what Gerald had said, that, that there's fixations out there. There's just enough to keep this market from really moving much lower. And now we may have moved away from that to see a little bit more demand uh, from the from the spinners. What I still remain a little bit concerned with is that the world, uh, the global economic and financial system is a little bit more fragile, I think, than we want to give it credit. And at the end of the day, I'm afraid the Fed's going to continue to have to increase rates, and that's at some point that's going to impact consumer spending. Uh, and when that happens, typically, uh, you know, apparel and clothing kind of, uh, they kind of take a hit on that. Now, unfortunately, I've been saying that for several months, and guess what? That hasn't materialized <laughs> hardly at all, but it is a concern that I had. But uh, having said that, I don't see any real reason for this market to do much of anything than kind of back and fill around the low to mid-80s, and that's kind of the way I've been looking at it here for a while, at least the last couple of weeks. I guess I've already said too much. Well, Kip, Kip I, I'm, I'm with you all the way there. I, I just, just to further develop the Fed comment, uh, interest rates go up. That means the value of the dollar goes up. That means cotton is more expensive to the Pakistan mill, to the Chinese mill. And when they come in with their fixation, they have to use more of their local currency because cotton is a dollar-traded commodity. Uh, it becomes more expensive, and intuitively it begins to eat away at the demand for U.S. cotton. Uh, so you know the track better than I do, but uh, that, that, that's that's where I come across with uh, – Interest rates continuing to go up, and do I dare say we've got another whole hundred points to go before the Fed quits going up? I, the, the, all the talking heads, as Cheryl refers to them, and I have too in the past, uh, in the last two days have talked nothing up very little other than a full 50-point basis increase the, for, 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 for in the coming session and then at least two more 25-point increases. And yeah. that. That, that's, that tends to be a little bit about, I mean, it's not unreal from what uh, the Fed has said. And that's a whole point, that's a whole interest rate point over the next three months. That's huge. I'll shut up again. Well, Thank you. over the next three months, but holding holding to those rates then for a more extended period of time. It's, exactly. it's the increase and in how long they're holding on to it, which I think that's what was the coup de grace to the stock market yesterday. Right. Well, there was that, and also Jerome Powell said that uh, the terminal rate uh, would probably be a little higher than what they had originally expected, and that would suggest that we're going to see something well over five and a quarter, well, not well over, something over five and a quarter uh, for the terminal rate, which, and if you hold that as to uh, 
to John's point, for longer, that's a that's a potential real problem for uh, for economic activity. I've got a question for Gerald. Gerald, what are you hearing as far as cotton acres uh, or cotton acreage coming up in South Texas? Um. You mean emerging, or are they going no, to I'm increase talking about, do, or decrease? Uh, do we have the usual number of acres? Was it a cutback, an increase? What, what, have you, what are you seeing? Um, my general feeling is uh, along the coastal band, that's, that's really where I feel like I've got some sort of a handle, but along the coastal band that we're probably looking at a 15 to 20% decrease in cotton acres. Um. But you know it's it's hard to know that right you know exactly right now. But uh, it's been fairly dry. There's some you know depending on where you go, there's some decent subsoil moisture. They all need probably a rain to get the the crop up and going. And um, but uh, I think uh, these corn prices were were good enough that uh, there's going to be a little bit more corn being put in versus their their normal 50-50 rotation. All right, John, do you, what are you hearing in West Texas? Is it somewhat similar? You know, most of the conversations I hear are, uh, what can I do to, to do something different? And that's, depending on where you are, that's uh, growing silage for the dairies if you're close enough to a dairy and have those contracts, or or growing, the, growing your cover crop out and then growing another forage in the summer and ensuring them as forages. You hear that, and then you, and then 80% of the room isn't saying anything. So, you know, that tells me there may be some incremental declines in, in cotton plantings. Yeah. When you say incremental, I, I don't mean to hold your feet to the fire, but are we talking about five percent or fifteen percent there? Or, I mean, I know you don't. I, I know you don't know. In between, in between, you know, seven, eight. Okay. Uh, oh, like wait, what, what do you hear as far as the Delta, Mid South, Southeast? I think we're gradually losing acreage uh, every day. Uh, we were going to be down about twenty percent, so. I, th- I think we're just slipping a l- just a little bit. Beans have held very strong, uh, as you you know better than I. But uh, uh, we're we're just losing a little acreage. Continue, continue. Well, as we were looking at probably eighteen to twenty percent down, and now we're probably looking at twenty to twenty three percent off. Okay. Any other thoughts before we get into our plot price projections? Given what these folks have just said about the acreage decline, is that going to be enough to really uh, uh, provide underlying support to December? I've got to believe it's <laughs> it can't hurt. It, it, it can't hurt, but if it's only on the order of what USDA said last month, you know that still just kind of keeps us in a four million bale carryout situation, which to me that keeps us pretty much sideways uh, oh, no it takes the it takes the edge off it takes the edge off the possibility of you know an in-season supply side rally until the market figures out by summertime we know what we really have it just takes the edge off of the high price argument in my mind but we've got the weather that continues to the forecasts are not and correct me if i'm wrong but aren't we looking at a forecast that's going to continue to be Unfavorable, particularly for uh, 
or West Texas in that area? Or am I no. Off the Gerald, yeah, it's simply because Gerald sent out some material this morning or yesterday, and uh, the material we saw last week uh, would suggest that they're in for much better weather. But I don't want to take your and it's your patchy. Answer, it's patchy right now. Uh, you know, I've I've driven. Of course, my windshield observation is not statistically reliable either but i mean some places look drier than the last time i saw them and then if you go a little bit further south in the world southern rolling plains and play, you know, there's some most beautiful stands of the biggest stands of weed i've ever seen in my life and it's green and, and lush so it, it's spotty as always yeah you're supposed to be making this this shift from el nino from la nina to el nino and it's just a matter of when you know, and if it if it happens early enough, you know, it'll probably save West Texas if there's cotton out there. And from what I'm seeing, uh, and correct me, please, uh, maybe I read something that wasn't there that they're pro- they're expecting major relief by June, as early as April, as late as late June, uh, and the comment, you know, we think of the Memorial Day rain in Lubbock, but. Uh, uh, those planters are going to keep going to end of July if they need to. And if they get that rain that late, then uh, maybe the drought's broken. All right. Well, let's talk about, and then we can come back to more conversation, but let's talk about kind of our ideas on price. OA, I want to start with you. What We're talking about a sort of a trading range in these markets. What What do you, for you, what is that trading range? I think with respect to old crop, I think we've probably got to go down and look at about 75 cents on the low side up to about about 84, 86 cents on the high side. That's a rather, rather wide range. I hate to be that wide, but uh, uh, most of the time will be between 83 and 80, I think. Uh, as far as new crop goes, sitting here at 83 cents, it's going to be difficult in my mind to get it above 85 cents. Uh, we now run a risk of 76, 75 cents that I did not think I did not see last month. Uh, okay, Kip, what do you think? Well, I, I think we're in the old crop. I just don't know what's going to take us much over, say 86. 80, well, let's say 88 cents or so. Maybe we can get to 90, but I. I just don't – something's got to happen for that. Uh, and I'm thinking maybe we can get something under 80 cents, but Gerald made the comment earlier, which I think is accurate. We're probably going to get some pretty good buying at that level. So I'm thinking maybe 78 to, to call it 86, 88 cents for, for old crop. Uh, new crop, I'm, maybe I'm not as optimistic. I, I think it would be pretty hard to get this market – to 90 cents uh, without some sort of weather event. And I, uh, you know, if, if we really do get the range when they, you know, early enough, we can wind up in a situation where unless we get this world economy cranked back up and these interest rates down to make people think there's a, a reason to to really get us blowing and going again, I just don't see where we're going to get a big rally. So I'm thinking maybe uh, – New crop would be almost the same range, like 88 cents, maybe down to 75 cents, something like that. 
Okay, John? Uh, I think as I hinted before, I, I see less reason for a supply response in the old crop market with with the uh, production question getting settled. So um, I would say mid-80s to upper 70s there. And, you know, and with new crop, I'm, there's still a possibility that we might plant a lower um, lower planted acreage than either the Cotton Council measured or USDA assumed in February. So that possibility lets me, I'd say, 78 to 88. And i got to get off the call, guys, so okay. thanks a lot. Right, well, th- Talk thanks to you later. Lot, John. All right, Gerald, what are your feelings? You know, uh, 78 to 88 for current crop or old crop, um, you know, I I don't know if we'll go down in the mid 70s, but um, you know, you got some you got some lows out there that you could set off some stops and and you know you could run us down there that far and then then I think it'll turn around. But I you know for right now I'm more of a 78 to 88 cent guy on on current crop and uh, probably an 80 to 90 cent guy on 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 new crop for for the time being. If if old crop only goes down to 78 cents. You know, it's probably because there's going to be some carry in the market, and December will probably hang right around 80 cents. You know, if we can get a rally after we go down to 78 cents and maybe possibly sell a bunch of cotton and this thing could rally back up, um, you know, we might be able to touch 90 cents in, in, uh, in December, particularly if the end of March planning survey comes out and it's showing something that's, you know, significantly, I say significantly less, it's USDA was what, at uh, 10.9, I think they were, at, on their February uh, release, and uh, and I'm still sort of hanging around the 10.4 area, but uh, um, if, if we end up in that 10.4 to 10.5 area and it's it's dry, I think, I think December will have a hard time dropping until you get some, some better weather forecasts or we get some better acreage numbers coming out later, so... There's just just a lot of balls flying around in the air right now that make really any price projection kind of uh, uh, well tricky. Let's put it that way. Pat, let me throw out one of those balls that Gerald mentioned, or one of the, another ball that wasn't mentioned, and it's the reason that I tend to, to just I just can't get very uh, bullish. Uh, the uh, we we are seeing a lot of fixations right now at these low prices. We should expect good sales at, at these in lower prices. But what we saw last week uh, with the March uh, expiry, the uh, the on call sales, uh, reading between the lines, it showed that growers moved about 800,000 bales of call purchases into the May contract. If the market stays similar to what it is now, are below 85 cents, below 86 cents. I think they'll move that into the July contract. And with fixations being made now, there aren't any call purchases being fixed right now. So it just adds more and more selling pressure to the market, in my opinion. Uh, thank you all again. Appreciate it. Oh, well, you, make, you made a very good point, and I missed that ball completely, and I agree with you that, uh, um, you know, like the mills got caught behind the eight ball last year, you know, it's starting to look like the growers may get, get caught behind the eight ball this year. Yeah. All right. Any other comments before we wrap it up? 
Okay. Well, uh, that uh, in wrapping up our program, we want to thank BASF for being our sponsor and making this program possible for you. Uh, I want to thank Gerald for leading us off today. It was an excellent program. Thanks to our panel, um, OA Cleveland, uh, John Robinson, Kip Butts. We appreciate everybody for being with us. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network.